Today is the Sunday of Divine Mercy, and this devotion traces itself to the private revelations that our Lord entrusted to a Polish nun, sister, now Saint, Faustina Kowalski, before the Second World War. One of these revelations was recorded in her diary thusly, the Lord gave me much light to know his attributes. The first attribute that the Lord gave me to know is his holiness. His holiness is so great that all the powers and virtues tremble before him. The second kind of knowledge that the Lord granted me concerns his justice. His justice is so great and penetrating that it reaches deep into the heart of things, and all things stand before him in naked truth. The third attribute is love and mercy. And I understood that the greatest attribute is love and mercy. It unites creator with creation. This immense love and the abyss of mercy are made known in the incarnation of the word and in the redemption of humanity. And it is here that I saw this as the greatest of all of God's attributes. Now, as Catholics, a lot of us might think, oh, come on, what kind of revelation is that? God is holy, God is just, God is loving and merciful. Who hasn't heard that kind of gobbledygook before? For her to become a saint, shouldn't these private revelations have been just a little bit more original? But there are some subtleties here that we might miss if we simply assume that this is just a laundry list of well-worn buzzwords and we don't listen to the phrasing very carefully. Note that St. Faustina said that she was given a special revelation into God's attributes. Now, of itself, that might sound unremarkable. For centuries, philosophers and theologians have theorized about God's attributes. Thomas Aquinas, for example, said that God is ipsum esse subsistence. That means that God is the subsistent act of existing itself. Now that might, not, that might be a lot for nine o'clock in the morning, but let's just boil it down to this. This means that God's attributes are identical to his essence. In other words, if we say that one of God's attributes is justice, it means that God himself is justice, meaning that he cannot do anything other than justice. If we say that God is holy, it means that he cannot do anything other than what is holy. Unlike us, as creatures, our attributes are accidental, not essential. They come and go even as we persist. A person can be smart. It's one of their attributes. But then they sustain a traumatic brain injury, and they are no longer smart. Or someone can run fast, but then they break a leg and they can barely walk. A person can be very holy, yet that doesn't mean that they could not also commit a very serious sin, but not with God. His attributes are his essence. St. Faustina said that the greatest of all of God's attributes, even beyond his holiness and his justice, was his love and mercy. Herein lies the brilliance of her special revelation, to say not that God loves or that God is merciful, but rather God is love and God is mercy. To say that God's love and mercy is the greatest of all of his attributes 
highlights something that we often miss. We too often put God's justice first and his love and mercy second. We see God primarily in terms of what he will and will not allow us to do or how he will reward or punish us for doing this or that. We fail to see that the underlying basis of his relationship to us is love and mercy. And probably the reason why we think this way in relation to God is because we already have a tendency to see justice, what is right and what is wrong, as our primary lens for understanding the world. Mercy then becomes just a secondary quality, there to soften the rough edges of justice as needed. The Dalai Lama once said, it is by compassion rather than by any principle of justice that one can guard against being unjust to other men. Which is true because like any virtue, the virtue of justice is not self-actualizing. It only works in tandem with other virtues, such as compassion that motivates a person to actually live and treat others in a just way. So God's relationship with us is founded upon mercy. God, the supreme being, can only relate to us by mercy. His mercy is what allows him to love us. Because compared to God's majesty, we are simply pitiful. God condescends simply to relate to us. That's why St. Faustina said that God's mercy is most perfectly shown in the incarnation, which is God condescending to humanity by becoming one of us. But lest that sound too depressing, understand that mercy is the basis of any relationship. Think about any relationship that you have had with anyone. In every relationship between two persons, you have two different intellects, two different wills, two different sets of passions, two different sets of experiences. No matter how alike two persons are, there will always be this gulf in their ability to relate to each other. Listen to two people describing the same thing or the same experience and marvel at how different their recollections are. Or, if you've ever had the chance, listen to someone honestly describe you. Be ready for the shock of your life. The way that other people see us is usually radically different from the way that we see ourselves. Yet human relationships endure despite this difference in understanding and expectation because of mercy even if we don't realize it, even if we don't call it that necessarily. A friendship, a marriage, even a working relationship is fundamentally built upon mercy, built upon one person accepting the imperfections of another and asking that their own imperfections be accepted as well. Imagine a family in which the members did not exhibit mercy to each other. It would be a family only in name. It says in the first reading that the early Christian church, that in the early Christian church, the community of believers was of one heart and mind. Of course, we know that that's not literally true in the most, you know, in the most literal sense. But it seemed to be true because they lived in mutual love and mercy. This was the extraordinary engine behind the success of their mission, so that with great power, the apostles bore witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. 
That's one of the reasons why Pope Francis has talked so much about the concept of accompaniment. The idea that as Christians, we must become close to those who suffer, to those who are poor, to those who are separated from the church, even to those who are lost in sin. Because by accompanying them on their journey, our hearts and minds grow closer together. We become more familiar to them. And in this, we have the potentiality to demonstrate love and mercy. In the bull Misericordiae Voltis, which the Pope issued just yesterday, the Church has declared the next year, meaning the coming 12 months, as an extraordinary jubilee of mercy. Pope Francis wrote the following. We need constantly to contemplate the mystery of mercy. It is a wellspring of joy, serenity, and peace. Our salvation depends upon it. Mercy, the word itself, reveals the very mystery of the most holy trinity. Mercy, the word, is the ultimate and supreme act by which God comes to meet us. Mercy, it's the fundamental law that dwells in the hearts of every person who looks sincerely into the eyes of his brothers and sisters on the path of life. And mercy, it is the bridge that connects God and man, opening our hearts to the hope of being loved forever despite our sinfulness. Divine Mercy Sunday calls upon us to seek out the principal source of mercy that God provides for us the sacrament of confession. That is why the church gives a plenary indulgence for confession on Divine Mercy Sunday. St. Faustina said that love and mercy unite creator and creation. I encourage all of you, no matter how long or how recently it has been since your last confession, to experience this unity in the sacrament. It is your privileged moment to experience the incredible mercy of God.